All right, so gathering today for another uh, rendition of Cutting Room Floor, uh, we started our journey through the Old Testament, and uh, I had the privilege of being able to talk a little bit about Genesis 1. Yeah. Obviously, in like a 30-minute sermon, I skipped a lot. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, and even like at the beginning, I was like, okay, I want to focus on the ancient questions versus the modern questions. So mm-hmm. maybe we thought, why don't we take a Cutting Room Floor and focus on the modern questions? Sure, yeah. Or the various theories that modern people have come up with totally. to understand Genesis. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about how like there is sometimes this temptation when we think, you know, we want to take the Bible seriously, which mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. Uh, that if someone doesn't hold to our particular view, yeah. that maybe they're dumb or they're unfaithful yeah. or they're, they just are careless with the Bible. Totally. And what we want to do this, this today is kind of like tease out a few different options that have been held yeah. by faithful, devoted followers yes, of yes. Jesus over time. Totally, yeah. And I think it's really important to just underscore exactly what you're saying. And all of these kind of views that we're going to talk about, they we all believe that God is the creator. I think yeah. that's one of those, you know, yeah. square one. Yeah. No one's denying that that part of yeah. it. But then can you get into the details of especially yeah. Genesis 1? Um, there is a little more yeah. branching So there's like out. primaries, there's secondaries, there's tertiaries, yeah. right? Like. We want to major on the primaries. Totally. God created the heaven and the earth. Yeah. Full stop. Totally. No compromise. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So how then do we make sense of that? So maybe you can sort of just maybe unpack it a little bit. Totally. Yeah. So I have a few different kind of views, kind of putting them in, in buckets, kind of high level overview here, not super detailed. And more like a survey. Survey of like, a, you know, I think I have five or six different ones here yeah. that we'll take a little bit of time to look at here. The first one for lack of a better term, historic creationism is like the technical term, but basically this view would, would uh, another way that I think of it is like preparing the garden or preparing the promised land. Okay. So what this view um, reads Genesis 1 as, to be very specific to this is God ordering and preparing the promised land. So in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, Sure, 110%. God created all things. So we're not, again, affirming yeah. that. But very specifically, kind of looking at that word land, how it's used throughout the rest of the Bible, especially in yeah. the Torah, often refers to the promised land. Yeah. And so this particular view just kind of really focuses in on, here's God ordering the created promised land for his people yeah. that will later play out in the rest of the so story. So Genesis 1-1, God creates the heaven and the earth. Yeah. And then days 1-6 through six are a little more about finding or creating, making human habitation. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Specifically for Israel and for that narrative. So it it kind of almost in a way sort of punts on the science question, the age of the earth question, and just kind of allows perhaps science to do its thing and say in the beginning, God created everything, whether it's way back when or recent, um, but the focus would be on Israel and the promised land. So that's, that's one option. One option. Yeah. The second one, uh, young earth creation, Okay. Um, and this is kind of, you know, fairly popular view. So it's, it is it, exactly what it sounds like. So you look at Genesis in particular, um, really with like the genealogies mm-hmm. and you see the kind of how long people lived you when they lived, you like, count backwards yeah. and you roughly come out to, you know, the age of the earth and the age of the universe being anywhere from six to 10,000 years old. So okay. very recent, yeah. um, it seems to contradict a lot of kind of mainstream science yeah. in a so lot of ways. Tension there's there. a tension there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you would read Genesis 1, uh, six literal 24-hour days. Yep. Uh, Genesis 1-1 is essentially time zero, if mm-hmm. you will, and then you just kind of progress forward. 
So that's a, that's another, yeah, so another that's option. option. Two. That's option two. Okay. Um, the second one would be the third. Th oh, sorry, third one. Yeah, <laughs> evolutionary <laughs> evolutionary creationism or theistic evolution. Kind of yeah. both both terms okay. interchange. Now, again, we want one hundred and ten percent affirm God is the creator. So even yeah. when people hear like the word evolution or theistic yeah. theistic evolution, kind of behind that is that that God is somehow guiding what we would call the evolutionary process. Yeah. So again, God is creating all things. God has created all things. And somehow through the evolutionary yeah. process that has played itself out. Yeah. So in this view, it's way more open and affirms kind of an old earth, old okay. universe. So it's not view. like seven or six literal days. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, for 24, hour 24 days. hour days. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing though, kind of within that, that subset, there's, I know people that are, that I've, I've followed and, and read that will still say we are still talking about six, 24 hour days, but those 24 hour days are referring to kind of within this evolutionary creation view, kind of like a, a, a temple ceremony where creation is God's temple. And these are the six days with the seventh day being the culmination, the resting day of God ordering creation as God's temple. And kind of the reason they say that theologically is because in the tabernacle and in the construction of the temple, there's this repetition of, of seven that happens, whether it's God speaking seven times or whoever's building the temple, like Solomon does something seven times. So there's clearly this seven repetition involved. Okay. Um, so it's involved with the, with the temple yeah. in that sense. So one second. So theistic evolution. Yeah. So like this is biologos. So this is like Francis Collins. Yeah, Francis so, Collins, yep. Yeah. Uh, pretty famous Christian scientist right now. Mm -hmm. uh, this is like Tim Keller. Tim Keller, yeah. Uh, N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright. And they have different views. like Within that. Within that. So yeah. BioLogos, if you're curious, you can go to the website. They have like Q&A and answers and materials. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, but these are people that care a lot about the scripture. Yeah. This isn't like... People that are like, oh, who cares about the Bible? Totally. No, these are like serious Bible people. Totally. Uh, but they also are trying to figure out how does how do the scriptures make sense in light of what we think are scientific discoveries or realities? Exactly. Yeah. And they have a lot of good work on there. And they're really doing, especially, so you have Francis Collins, who's, you know, a lot of on the science side, yeah. faithful Christian. Yeah. Human Genome Project. Human Genome Project. Yeah. So a lot of really good stuff. They won the Templeton Prize this past year. So like really well known yeah. scientists, both in the Christian and non-Christian community. And then you also have, you know, really top-notch Bible scholars. You mentioned Keller, John Walton, these guys, they're really trying to see how did the, the ancient Israelite culture read these texts. And so yeah. they're trying to you know, answer a lot of those questions. So when I, I talk about reading the creation account as like God's kind of temple ceremony where his, his creation is this holy space, this temple, they're really trying to tap into kind of how did an ancient Israelite yeah. perhaps look at these passages and then allow science to answer the science questions and allow the Bible to answer the Bible theology questions. Yeah. What is what is God or who is God? What is this world and who are we? Mm -hmm. Those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the evolutionary creationism view. Kind of another one here would be kind of like the day-age view. And this basically takes not the days literally as 24-hour days, but as kind of like epochs of time or, okay. you know, you know, bulks like of time. one day is like a thousand years. A thousand years. years. So often, yeah, Peter, that verse yeah. from Peter gets kind of quoted in this. And there's a lot of kind of apologetic advantages with this yeah. sort of view. So organizations like Reason to Believe and I think William Lane Craig and his yeah. kind of group they kind of hold to a view similar to this, kind of looking at, you know, what is the carbon dating, the science, yeah. all these sorts of things. How does that mesh with, you know, what we read in scripture? 
Um, and is there a way to sort of reconcile? So it can get to an old earth view. Exactly, yeah. From the scriptural From the scriptural perspective, yeah. Okay. Which is different than the view I just contrasted a moment ago, the evolutionary creationism view. Yeah. They're basically saying, like John Walton and N.T. Wright and, and these guys would say, no, the scriptures are talking about theology and like what's this text have to say about God and creation as far as who God is, creation is a temple, and let science answer the science questions. Yeah. This day-age view is trying to more or less integrate okay. the, the data together, if that, right. that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of just a small distinction there. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, and then the, this last one here, uh, it's used to be more popular to my understanding maybe 50, 60 years ago. It's not so much you know these days. It's the gap theory, where basically Genesis 1-1, it was you know, way back when, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. There's somehow a gap between verse one and verse two. And then you have kind of a more recent account of, mm -hmm. you know, whatever happened, you know, on the first six days and into the seventh day. So this kind of goes back to like the Schofield reference Bible kind of articulated this back in the early 1900s and then it kind of became mainstream in America, um, mm -hmm. but isn't as prevalent, especially in more academic so settings today. That. So there's like, does this sort of mean it's an old earth? Yeah, so this would this was a way of especially in the early 1900s. You have the there's a huge controversy between Darwin and Scripture and yeah. kind of how those correlate All together. All things exactly, yeah. yeah. So the Schofield Reference Bible comes out of that era, and one of the things that it articulates in there is that here's Genesis 1:1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and there is and I don't know Hebrew all that well, but there seems to be a way where one might parse verse one as like a heading or like as a beginning kind of statement. And then the actual action, so to speak, is verse two and okay. following. Uh, people will debate about all the nuances of the yeah. Hebrew grammar there. But the, the point that they would try to make is that there's a gap between verse one and verse two, Got which it. allows for the length of time or the longer time frame to go back for an okay. old earth sort of view. Wow. All so, right. So a lot to digest. A lot there. to digest, yeah. So what I hear you saying, though, is sort of sort of zooming back out. There are a lot of different faithful people yeah. that have approached this text with having done a lot of research, mm -hmm. having grappled yeah. with these scriptures. And like what we have in history is multiple different takes. Totally, yeah. Totally. And I think this is important. Even... And I would say this too, that even in our modern day, like the creation science, uh, it can be a stumbling block for many people, young people kind of wrestling. How do I reconcile this with my faith? Yeah. All those sorts of things. I think one, a couple of things I would say is that some of these views that incorporate modern science, I don't, I would not want to unfairly say like they're just trying to cater to yeah. the culture or cater to mainstream science. Just to reiterate again, these are faithful yeah. followers of Jesus who take the scriptures seriously, yeah. take the scriptures to be authoritative, even looking back. Or even maybe on the other side, someone who has a more of a young earth yeah, perspective totally. saying, oh, that person doesn't care about science, doesn't totally. care yeah, about exactly, these things. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Let's let's slow down and make sure, especially at a place like Wellspring, yeah. like we're probably going to have a diversity of thought. We totally. do about most things. Yeah, like let's honor the process we each have. Let's keep the majors majors exactly. Yeah, and then let's allow some of these other things to like be in conversation. Totally, exactly. And I just to even say that like a, a young Earth creation view, they they're they're not just disregarding science, right? Yeah. They they have researchers and scientists and people looking into this from that perspective and they're bringing both together. So they're trying to take both science and the scripture seriously. I think all these views to a certain degree yeah. are doing, you know, the best they can yeah. 
um, with that. But ultimately, someone had said this in something I was reading, that our faith does not rest in Adam, our faith rests in Jesus. And it's kind of a mm-hmm. short way of getting at, however you take Genesis 1 and 2 and Adam and all those yeah. sorts of things, the fundamental thing that holds us together is Jesus. And we've yeah. talked about that before. That's good. So, yeah. Well, another exciting sort of time of cutting room floor. Thanks, man. That's awesome.